Hello and welcome to Flippin' and Mashin', a podcast about pinball, arcade, video games, stuff Ryan hates, and whatever else is in my game room. This is your host, Parnell, and with me is... Ryan! Just blowing eardrums out, buddy. Okay, let's redo that. No, it's okay. Ryan! (laughs) Hi, I'm Ryan, and I can't keep a game in my basement. Yeah, so you know it's kind of funny. I was just listening to our last podcast, and on your you trip, fucking, yeah, you fucking called that. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, man, when you um, when you were all excited about this, no fear. Like, I get that um, you were able to at least make a profit if you cleaned it, fixed it, sold it, or traded. But it it's it's interesting to me. Um, I remember when I got into the hobby and I had either one game or no games, um, a game like no fear was so fun to find on route. And this kind of reminds me of why those low code depth games did so well on route is because they're on route. You have a few bucks or whatever, a couple bucks, uh, of, I don't know if they were a dollar back then, but like you'd have a handful of games, probably, you know, two to five games to play on a pin. And you wouldn't get ultra far unless you were super good. And then you might touch the wizard mode. Maybe you would get into it. But once you own them in your house, not saying that you set them easy, but you just have so much more time to just hit start. And then you don't have to pay for it. That a game like No Fear is only going to last you, I don't know, six hours, four hours, a couple days? I mean, well, let's, let's, you know, for our viewers, all right, we, we have a little collection in a Facebook group chat of me, Parnell and our friend, Charlie. And what, what did you guys say? Because somebody called it. I don't know if you remember this, but (laughs) no, I don't. I was really excited and so you guys were seeing updates of me actively working on the pin and fixing it and fixing it and fixing it. And then all of a sudden uh, it was like Charlie knew. And I think you you might have too. And I just went completely silent. And then what was it? Maybe. I don't know. It was probably a couple hours. And then Charlie was like, Ryan's list and no fear. i mean it was maybe like a day but i went from like active pictures updates talking about what what broke what fixed what was fixed just kind of like going down the line and then i just went completely silent and i think that was while i was playing the game and then uh, the subsequent day of working and then yeah all of a sudden charlie was like don't you do it ryan and Parnell was like, what? And he's like, don't you sell that game already? You just got it. Well, listeners, uh, no fear has left the building. As quickly as it came, uh, it's it's now gone. Is this the fastest you've turned a game around? No, you know that. What do you mean? There's a game I flipped faster. You even give me shit for it. Charlie gives me shit for it because it was it's a it's a prodigal child. It's a how could you ever get rid of that game? game you want one why am i blanking on it its initials are mb no how long did you have monster bash for 
I had no fear technically longer. No way. Yeah, because I overnighted parts for Monster Bash to fix it. No. Mm-hmm. I thought you had Monster Bash for a few weeks. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <sighs> Seriously? Yeah. Dang. That's even ridiculous. I thought I le- legit. <laughs> well, wait, 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 wait. I think okay. So you, listeners, wait, wait, just, wait, hang on. Just to draw you, a picture, I I had Monster Bash for like five days, maybe. Okay, but how long did you have a game fixed? Because this has to be one of the fastest. Where it like. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. Yeah, Monster Bash. I sat on it for a couple days. Yeah. No, you're you're not wrong. <laughs> no fear. <laughs> No fear went quicker. All right. So uh, I think this leads to our topic of this episode is why, Ryan? (laughs) Why am I just such an asshole? I don't think you going through games is an asshole. It's just... (laughs) I am a whore when it comes to cheaper pinball machines. Because like you said last episode... If I see something glittering in the sand, I just can't fucking leave it alone. I have to go over and I have to pick it up. I have to look at it. And even though I know it's only like a fucking shitty gold watch that's fake from Walmart that someone lost and legitimately was like good riddance, uh, I still have to pick that watch up. You know, and in that sense, like if I find a cheap game, and I have the, the, the means and the ability to, cause I, I can't always do that. Uh, it's, it's infrequent, but when I find a cheap game, yeah, I'm, I'm all over that. Like flies on shit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Well, and I, I got a new game already. <laughs> I didn't just sell the game. I, I traded it. So straight you know. up. Uh, I was not a straight trade straight. It was straight trade. No, no, it wasn't. Because that's what this other game is worth. Wait, huh? <laughs> I'm struggling with the logistics here. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I, was, I was joking that they're the same value. Okay. Yeah, they're no, not. they're not. They're not. But yes, I, I do have a new game. And so it's in the basement right now. Is it Monster Bash? <laughs> it's... <laughs> no, but, you know, one more good trade, like the, like the last, well, the first one of buying no fear and then trading for this and i probably could be another uh used and abused monster bash just to make you cry mm. mm-hmm. it's not very um, nice i know but anyways uh so do you, do you hear that part out is, do you hear is that, that? Is it a horse galloping oh my god i think i think it's a horse galloping who rides horses I don't know. Maybe, maybe like a, a somebody that wears armor. Uh, oh God, it's getting closer. I can is it a, a knight of knee? It's it's a knight, and it's it's a a gray knight. No, that's not a black knight. That's it. I have a black knight. Oh boy. I know. We he he dumps his real black knight, Ellie, <laughs> and then what happens, people? I, I go after the Proverty model. Because <laughs> it's better, right? No, mm. it's 100% not. Did you play but, it? Yeah. Yeah, I flipped it. I put a game on it. I mean, it's an empty husk of what the Ellie is, but. Well, there's uh, no upper play field. I mean, it's, 
Right. Like we talked the other day, it was just it's it's half a game, but it's mm. still a fun half a game. And uh, you want to know something? Uh, Black Knight's on the uptick right now. Uh, a bunch of people are talking about it. Um, so yeah, me. I think it was a no, not just I'm the, you. Like, I'm the only one that likes it. No, there, there's actually a bunch of people on Facebook discussing it right now. Actually, all those are fake. They're all from Russia. Mm, they don't even mean, know what Black Knight is. It could be, but yes, <laughs> I have uh, listeners. I have a Black Knight Sword of Rage Pro. Um, so I, I once again have probably one of the most kick-ass soundtracks in pinball back down in my basement, and that I could never be upset about. So, and I think the only difference is not any. Well, there's like the upper play field and obviously a mode. But is there anything really different for callouts or um... not unless you have the topper? Sure. Okay. So you're. It's just a quicker, smaller game. Yeah, I mean, well, the the game length is more or less the same. Uh, if listeners, for those that don't know, a quick. Uh, thing the Black Knight Pro does not have the upper playfield, so no third flipper. It does not have a physical ball lock that's called the catapult ball lock or the catapult multi-ball because that's missing. Um, It also doesn't have, um, besides that catapult ball lock, it doesn't have last stand, which is, uh, again, required with the catapult. And that's a multi-ball that you can launch into on your third ball if you uh, do a special series of events uh, in a proper sequence, you, you can get into what's called last stand. And then you have 30 seconds on limited balls to lock all the balls in your catapult that are remaining to start catapult multiball. And then once you drain out of that catapult multiball and you only have one ball, you continue your game. Uh, and you can actually relight that. So I think you can have more than one last stand in a game, but uh, it quickly becomes really difficult if you're playing the game to relight that again because you're trying to stack um, your two multiballs together, the triple night challenge and the catapult multiballs together. So uh, you're missing those two things. And then the last thing besides that is the Knights. uh, I don't think on the night black Knight pro when you shoot a ball in there, does it kick it up or does it kick it back out when you shoot the shield? What? kick it up what do you mean uh onto the like wire form <laughs> what for it's like hold on i'm it pulling would, it up right now it would if you hit oh, the shield it still kicks it up yep you're right yeah so i couldn't remember if on the pro if when you hit the shield shot if it still went to a vertical up kicker oh, and I went thought... to the wire form to return to the right flipper dude i thought you meant that the shield out. the shield literally like shove the ball onto the wire form no no no, you crazy dog uh but i will say besides the best soundtrack in pinball and the fire from his like castle in the backboard as far as like was i think 60 or 80 individual leds that make the like fire effect that looks really cool um i don't mean to gush about the game too much but I do think that the Black Knight is probably one of the coolest single toys in a pinball machine ever. But between like 
the way that his mallet can either knock the ball back at you, knock it up the ramp to complete it, and his shield that can both block shots but also bash shots back at you, and how his face lights up. I, I think, you know, looking uh, at Stern Games, that Black Knight toy is probably one of the coolest, like, individual toys in a pinball machine, I think. I think there's a mod for the back bot. What, what do you call it? The backboard. Backboard to add LEDs to do that, like a more of a fire effect. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So there's also someone that tried to do a left ramp mod that looks like a sword that goes from the left vertical up kicker down to the left flipper because that's a very right flipper heavy game. Yes. And, and I, I have contacted him. Yeah. Them. I hit you up and about I'm on it. the list. But it sounds like he still hasn't got a mate, and it's been, I don't know, like one or two years. It's been a year. Yeah. Which I'm hoping he does, because that's a sweet idea. Mm -hmm. No, totally agree. Even if it's a couple hundred dollars, like, I'll buy that. Because that'll uh, even up the left to right flippers a little bit. And it'll make it a lot easier to get from your right flipper to your left flipper if you shoot that. It's the far left orbit listeners uh, that actually, instead of it going to an orbit shot, it goes to a vertical up kicker. And normally by default, when you shoot that vertical up kicker goes to the wire form that returns back to your right flipper on this new one, it would return to your left flipper, which is pretty rad. But yeah, I have a, uh, I have a black Knight pro. So, when did you know that No Fear was going to leave? What did you say? Well, technically, I started talking to this person who will remain nameless for the sake of anonymity. Um, and I don't have permission to use their name. But this person contacted me Friday night. And I think, what, the game had been posted up for a day? I think I posted it up Thursday, right? Hmm. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, but this person literally uh, wanted of no fear. Like this was a game that this person wanted, so they reached out and offered a Black Knight Pro in trade for it. And I was like, "Uh, yes, I would do that." Uh, I'm out of all the games I've had in my basement, Black Knight's probably the one I've missed the most, um, just because of the epic soundtrack. And uh, the callouts are pretty good. Like Steve Richard did a good job, but that's not what we're really here to talk about. I don't want to gush too much about Black Knight, but yeah, I am wow. excited to have it. How many more times do you think you'll gush about it? Uh, probably at least a dozen more during the course of oh, this podcast. Right. Yeah. Everybody can skip this podcast. <laughs> uh, but what are we talking about tonight, Parnell? Uh, supposedly, when we think we're ready to move on a game move a game out yeah so in the case of getting my black knight pro <laughs> uh yeah and i so me and parnell were actually having this discussion about his collection and i'll give parnell credit he's like you know i think we should do another podcast episode about this i think we've discussed it before but um i think it's worth kind of going back down that road because i think parnell's uh, growing as a pinball collector a little bit. Something. Something like and that. And I think you're starting to recognize that you don't have to marry your game for the rest of your entire life. 
Uh, so why don't why don't you set the stage a little bit more, Parnell? I don't remember if we talked about this, but I think it was after the last podcast. You and I were talking. Uh, we were just God. We were up to like one or two in the morning, and we're just chit chatting. And all of a sudden, because uh, my wife enjoyed Monster Bash, and we were also talking about Cactus Canyon coming out, you had proposed this crazy, preposterous idea. And after you were done, I even told you, I don't think you're that nuts. <laughs> and so I've been pondering about it for a while since you talked about it. We've had phone calls, and obviously we can talk about the same thing. Well, obviously. I mean, every single day. Fucking time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've had my collection probably, the collection's been the same for, uh, let's just say, about four years. And I've, got a couple games have gone in and out that weren't my keepers and the current keepers are lord of the rings what's in this lineup medieval tron metallica ghostbusters and the p3 it sits in my basement and lord of the Rings. i've had tron since 2014 and you had said why don't you sell tron and lord of the rings get a cactus canyon le and then either trade or sell Ghostbusters and get a Monster Bash. And I said, huh, I don't know if I hate that idea. And so the next day, I played my row of games. <clears throat> and I even said, yeah, Tron, I've definitely, I enjoy it. I know that it's going to be a fast game. I know what to do. I've gotten to the f- mini wizard mode a couple times i've never i've never beat my games but you've pretty i guess uh like how we've talked about monster bash once i've done that i've seen most of the game and um lord of the rings i i mean tron i still love it like everything still feels good which is why he likes to say i'm married to my games but on lord of the rings same thing though i've i really enjoy it i love the callouts Everything seems like it immerses you into the story, but it's the same every time. I, I've i gotten to destroy the ring, I don't know, a handful of times, and I've always botched it, but it's the same grind every single time. And he kind of, Ryan kept asking, I'm like, you know, does it make you feel good? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I just, I like it. It's safe. It's a safe game because I know that I like it. It's very popular. And I know I'm going to enjoy it, I guess. It's like this safe, it's a safe game. And I'm just kind of like used to it. Ghostbusters, I honestly haven't played much since the newest code update. So I did play that and I thought, oh, wow, this is still kind of amusing to me. So we've kind of been talking about, yeah, what? when do you know you're ready to move on? And honestly, I could keep this collection forever and just kind of be jealous about everybody else getting new games but if you think about it like the games the tron and lord of the rings like they're worth a chunk of change to be able to trade or sell and get something new oh i had missed we had talked about selling tron lord of the rings getting cactus canyon and a p the new p3 game yep and oh this and also because oh, in addition I, to <laughs> i need to drop down to five games I have six in my basement, and I need to go to five. And so that was like a really good reason of like, 
hey, we got to drop down. Your P3 can play multiple games. Get a couple huge hitters that you really like or you think you'll like. And then uh, you'll have your five. And your family will be happy. Because <laughs> no one but a couple of my pinball friends like Tron. As much as my daughter tells me she likes Tron. Because she still tells me she misses ACDC. Yeah, but give her a few more years and she won't remember any of this. She only misses... Lucy on the back glass holding the rock hand symbol thing. Is it rock? Is that what it is? Like head banging rock? I love rock or whatever. What is that? The horns. Uh, the wait, horns. What? The horn symbol. You got your pinky and your pointer finger up, and the other yeah. fingers are no. What? What's that? Uh, it's the. It's the rock symbol. I think they also called it the devil's horns. Devil's horns. That's all my daughter is obsessed with. She's just like, I want an ACDC. And my wife is like, uh, you want a what? Because you know, there's Lucy, scantily clad, laying there on the back glass. And then my daughter just holds up her you know, her horns. And I was like, ah, yeah. Yep, you, <laughs> you can do that. So she misses the horns, which is amusing. But uh, yeah, I don't know. So I've been, I've been pondering this thought of like when... When do you know it's a good time? Because, like I said, for me, I could keep this and be comfortable in my lineup. Then there's Ryan reminding me, you don't, you need to love your games and you need to enjoy them. And especially for me, I don't have a ton of time. I'm not good at pinball. So, like, I need to have fun games. I need, I don't mind easy games. Like, a lot of people think Medieval is easy. I haven't beat it. I don't, I don't. Usually, when I turn a game on to play it quick, I don't play a game. I don't, I don't usually play slow. I just on the fly flip, and I have a fun game, and then I turn it off and I walk away. And that is usually like ninety percent of my gaming of pinball. Sometimes I'll slow down and then really try to to play, but I don't. Yeah, when is it a good time to move on? Is it when you're bored? Like. I kept thinking I was going to just like one day ago, I hate my games. I got to sell it, but I haven't. And it's been a handful of years since I've owned some games. And mm-hmm. is it when the next new shiny thing comes? But a bunch of those have come and I've missed out on those. Well, you haven't missed out. I think you could still get any game you want. <sighs> well, yeah, with the right money. Right. Well, but. so here's, here's my thought on it um so my thought process here is so myself and parnell are very fortunate in the positions that we're in to be able to afford to put whatever money we do have into pinball but unfortunately uh, we don't have money literally coming out of our assholes um i haven't cracked the code yet i'm trying to figure that one out. But until I do, um, you know, me and Parnell are kind of stuck, right? And the stuck is, is that we only have so much money to play with, which means that, you know, if we right now stopped and saved for a new game, I mean, it would be many, 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 many years, I think, before we could buy a new inbox game, especially if we wanted something anything other than a pro stern at this point with how crazy the prices are. I mean, we're, we're talking a long time. Um, 
so now that we both have the P3, which enables us to potentially be able to afford, you know, maybe a game a year, um, you know, that's great. But then the flip side is, is there are other titles that could interest us. And my whole thought process is, is you aren't married to most of the games in your basement. Uh, most of these games, um, you know, you bought them to enjoy them. You did not buy them as an investment. Uh, cause I think that that I still hold that investment opportunities aren't necessarily great ideas with pinballs because pinballs have so far been, you know, in the last five years, a pretty good thing to hold on to, I guess. But with the recent explosion, um, you know, I th- think now is also potentially a good time to cash out and take equity from one machine or two machines or three machines and invest that money elsewhere or, you know, however you want to word it. But at the end of the day, it's really about having fun things in your basement because when you have and are fortunate enough to have essentially a mini arcade in your basement, you have to say, do these games make me excited the same way that they did when I was a kid and I went into an arcade? And if you don't literally want to go downstairs and constantly be, be playing your games or a game, right? Let's say you're going downstairs and there's definitely some games that you're hitting up. I mean, all the time. Th- those are definitely keepers. Now, that doesn't mean a forever keeper, but that means for right now, this game's bolted to the floor. But at the same time, uh, you know, there could be a game that you haven't turned on in a month or two or, you know, a couple weeks. Whereas in comparison, you're firing up every other game every couple nights or every night or sometimes multiple times a day. That really is the indicator for me and for Chelsea, my wife. It's time to potentially discuss swapping out that game in our basement. Like if it's a game that we're not regularly walking up to, uh, over the course of maybe say a month or two, you know, she doesn't realize it or hasn't realized it as much, but I really pay close attention to what me and her play. And if there's games that we're not, I don't want to say avoiding, but if there's games downstairs that we aren't excited about that we're not playing, you know, it could be time for a mix up. And that doesn't mean that I hate the game uh, or that Chelsea hates it. You know, in the case of black Knight, our LE I think it was more a case of we'd had it for two years. It was finally worth a positive because we had the topper. And it was like, yep, now is a good time to cash out. And, you know, we've had the game for a long time. Nobody liked playing my Ellie version against me because it was like literally 15 minute fucking balls uh, when I played. So people were just like, yeah, yeah, I'll play it when Ryan's not near, but I want to play a game with Ryan because I was really good at that game. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I think that's definitely part of it. And, um, you know, it all depends on what you're doing, but at the end of the day, and in the same vein, uh, don't apologize for what you do. I have a friend who's presumably listening. His name's Justin. Hi, Justin. Uh, I know he's just fucking tickled pink to hear that I have another black knight cause he hated the last one I had. And I guarantee he's going to hate this one just as much. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's our basement. It's our arcade. It's our little man cave, whatever you want to call it. And it's important for us to remember that we can have games that we want to share with our friends. We can have games that 
maybe our friends really like. But at the end of the day, our friends, unless they're buying the game from us, it's not their call. And you shouldn't feel uh, guilty too guilty. You can feel a little guilty, but you shouldn't feel too guilty if you get rid of a game because at the end of the day, it's your shit. And uh, you got to really love the stuff that's in your basement. If you don't like, and you can't afford to buy every new game that's coming out or, you know, a brand new inbox $10,000 game every year, like, yeah, you might be like me and Parnell and you have to start really trying to figure out like, is this bringing me the same amount of joy another game could be bringing me. And that's kind of how I've been living my life, you know, with my pins. And I go through more pins than most people. But, you know, I play a lot of my games, like I said, when I initially came on to the episode. And, uh, yeah, I think it just, it's, it's what feels good to you. Okay, so I turn Tron on and I play it and I don't hate it. How do I know that I'm ready? How do I know another game is going to give me that much joy? Well, you have to have played the game, God willing. <laughs> okay. Uh, like Cactus Canyon. I've never played it. Right. Just the, just the virtual version. I'm okay. Well, let's be fair. As much as I hate to say this, uh, you're buying the LE. And supposedly, yeah. Yeah. And that LE, even if you don't like it, you're going to be able to get your money back out of it. <laughs> <laughs> So, because until pinball cools down a little bit, and again, listeners, I'm not saying you should do as I do, but do as I say, and Parnell for that matter, um, we don't know the future. I mean, the pinball market could crash tomorrow, right? There's obviously points pointing to that not being the case, but no one knows if the bubble will pop. So I never want to hear that anyone's buying a game as an investment thinking that it's like stock and it's just going to increase or constantly hold its value. Cause that's not the case. Um, I mean, fuck, look at Rob zombie before it was finished production versus when it was done. I knew people that were trading Dutch pinball spots for the original run of big Lebowski that were coming up soon. Like these weren't like fictitious ones. These are like machines that actually ended up getting produced. They were trading their spots for Rob Zombie. I mean, some of this shit we can't make up. And in that sense, that's why I say like, be careful what you do and do as I say, not as I do. But I think for the immediate future, it is a safe bet to assume that the market isn't going to crash tomorrow. So in that case, Parnell, to answer your question. Uh, you're still going to be able to get your money back out of the alley because they're only doing a thousand. They're not doing multiple versions of, you know, Royals or Cowboy Cactus Canyon, Pew Pew, Shoot 'em Up, High Noon Sheriff Edition. They're just doing Ellie. <laughs> That's it. And they're doing a thousand of them. And we know for a fact that the topper is interactive, more interactive than any of the other toppers they've had. Yeah. I, and the one thing was, if I get this new game and I don't like it or it doesn't last very long, it in theory has a new value that if I really wanted an older game I had, I could go get it instead. Or I could trade it for something new. Because I'm wondering if uh, if Tales of the Arabian Nights gets done, I would probably be like, well, I like that game. 
Now, Ghostbusters leaving? Ugh. Still haven't come to the realization of that yet. And that's okay. You know, like I said, you know, this is your choice, not mine, not anybody else's. But if this game isn't bringing you the same excitement that you have when you got your P3, when you're constantly going down and playing P3, when, you know, like when you've gotten different games, you know, eight years ago, the last time you bought a game, you know, when you first got your Ghostbusters, I bet you were down there playing it all the time. And it was just like, holy shit, I can't get enough of this. Mm, Yeah, no, actually, when I first got it, it was. And uh, I've been like scared to play it because everybody has like play field problems and stuff. It's just like, Oh shit. I don't want to play. Actually the other main reason I don't turn it on is the power switch is so freaking far away in the cabinet head. Oh, that drives me nuts. I don't know how you do it, Ryan. I don't know how I do either, but I just do. Um, yeah. I, I think that, you know, that's the feeling that you should be chasing. I, I suppose. I mean, oh, my throat. So since we talked about this, I have booted up my iPad, the pinball arcade, and luckily I had purchased a table pack that was included of Cactus Canyon and Monster Bash. So I've been playing tons of Monster Bash and Cactus Canyon. And when I just flip, like I just play like I normally would play, I don't get very far in the game. But then I read the instructions. They kind of have a, here's how you get to this mode. Here's how you do this. And so they step you through it. I also watched Bowen play Monster Bash on the Papa tutorial. And then I started playing Monster Bash a little differently. And I was able actually to get like the monster, the mash pit, monster pit. What's it called? The mosh pit? Yeah, mosh pit. I got that, and then I started the Monster Bash, and I was like, oh, yeah. Now, I'm not saying I could do that in real life, but it was definitely fun, and I like the calls. I think my family would really like the game. I think I will enjoy the game a lot, but I potentially will get toward the end of the game. Uh, I'm not saying I'm good. I'm just saying it felt like it wasn't that difficult. If you, like, maybe once a month I have stupid good luck and I get really far into a game I would probably get to that mode more often than not on Monster Bash but I don't know if beating a game is bad I mean like Scared Stiff it was super fun to get to the Stiffometer like uh, when you blow that game up yeah I mean I guess it really just comes down to you know what you're looking for and for me once I've gotten to like the wizard mode a few times it's kind of like Meh. so how come you didn't did you even try making monster bash harder or were you just because i think you even said that you were sick of some of the callouts uh, monster bash to me felt like i i guess it it felt like a shittier metallica to me personally now, I know that that's really going to make some people that are listening you know, shift in their chair because they're like, oh, fuck, I don't know if I like this guy anymore. Uh, you know, if you did like me, maybe you're just listening to us to constantly yell at us and call us idiots. But um, Monster Bash, to me, the code felt too flat. 
Uh, it was very rinse and repeaty, and it offers, you know, there's definitely some stuff to do. You know, there's obviously all the band members, there's the mosh pit, and then, you know, you want to collect them all and then start Frankenstein multiball at the same time and complete all the modes before. So, I mean, there's definitely like a challenging way to play the game, but for me, um, it just felt, it started to feel really samey really fast because I wanted to try to blow it up. And I just, as much as I liked the challenge, there wasn't enough meat there. It was very, um, not potato chip. It was like mashed potatoes. You know, you eat mashed potatoes to your full and they don't really want anymore. Whereas like a chip, you want to keep coming back. And so I guess that's, I guess, like a really shitty way of me to try to explain it. <laughs> you needed the salt. Yeah. A lot more sodium. <laughs> uh, hmm. On Cactus Canyon, I have not gotten that far. Like there's a couple modes like high noon. I can't get to I, the iPad app is just not super responsive on your flippers and stuff. Um, but from my understanding with them finishing code with the extra stuff they said they're doing with the mechs and the topper, like I feel like it should be a good time. I had my daughter play with me one night and she told me she will miss Tron, but she's okay if I sell it to somebody else. And I get this other game, Cactus Canyon, because she likes, she kept asking about Polly. Where's Polly? Why is Polly in the mind? <laughs> <laughs> where's Polly <laughs> why is she where's does Polly? yeah make go find Polly again <laughs> so uh, she doesn't really play pinball she kind of hits the start button flips a couple times and like walks away so right she seems to remember everything else mm-hmm. I don't know I mean I still have a hard time letting go of things I'm really good at hoarding stuff you fear change and that's okay. But you know, for me, pinball's about the experience and maybe it's also like the tournament player in me wanting games that are challenging enough in the basement that I can't easily like have a good game and just like completely whoop its ass. You know, it's funny. I bring this up and I hate to talk about black Knight again, but I guess I'm going to, uh, there was a conversation on Facebook and pinball enthusiasts, Facebook group. Um, and somebody to ask, what's this? What's the most straightforward game, but is extremely difficult to like master or like actually achieve? And I think like eighty five percent of the people that answered that were like Black Knight, hundred percent, because you just got to defeat his five minions. <laughs> like, I think it's. I think it's. You under... just got to do that, right? Like it's really simple. Go do it. You I know, think. The game is really under known, though. Like, I don't think people know about all the extras in the game, like scoring right. and. Sure, I guess they potential. were talking about just like straightforward getting to the wizard mode. Like, what's a very straightforward game, but is actually like a total ass kicker? And uh, a lot of people were saying Black Knight, and I kind of have to agree. It's like TNA. I mean, that would be another vote, right? Like, you know what you got to do. I mean, the game does a really good job of explaining that. Um, 
and it's simple in the sense of it's like, yeah, man, just step up, just do these, just do this stuff. But to me, um, Black Knight is more difficult to play than Monster Bash, I guess, as an example. It's totally more difficult to play. Yeah. And I guess that's why I like it. I don't like easy games. And I think that was another issue with No Fear. was like, all you had to do was just shoot that left ramp and get it up onto the jump ramp. And then just repeat it until it kicked you down after seven jumps. And then you're like, okay, cool. I'm just going to do that again. (laughs) God. You know, but it just, there was, there was, there were definitely areas where it was safe. And now that game also could be really difficult because it's so flowy. Uh, Very quickly, it could go from being in control to out of control to drained. Um, But it just didn't do enough for me. And I think the biggest issue was the soundtrack for me. It's got a nice beat. It's not you know, really grating, but there wasn't a lot there. Um, I don't know. It just, it felt like a very B minus game. And, you know, as we know, Parnell, as I sip a little bit of my wine here, since we're wine snobs now, you know, as far as for pinball elitists, when you have a whole bunch of fucking amazing games down in the basement, uh, you know, that are like A's and A pluses, uh, a B minus really fucking sticks out. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? Mm, no, I think you're a different player, though, as well. Sure. Well, and I'm an asshole. Like, we can't forget that, too. In in one sense. Any. Just pick them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think a game when it no longer gives you any excitement and you're not regularly going downstairs to turn it on to play it, that's when it's time to move on. And some people, they can play the same game for the rest of their lives. And hey, fucking more power to you. I wish I could have just played my Corvette that I bought as my first real big pinball purchase and not need it anymore. And, and just stuck with it and that have been it. But pinball for me it wasn't like that i played the hell out of corvette i mean god knows how many games i put on that pinball that poor pinball machine um but at the end of the day i wanted more and i wanted the games to become deeper the more i played pinball and the more i started to understand the rules and code i I wanted things that challenged me uh, because in my house I don't want a game that's really easy because if it's easy, I'm not going to have as uh, much fun for me personally. I believe Justin calls Black Knight an enthusiast's pin uh, because it's so brutal in the same way that I think TNA is. I think if you had a random walk up to TNA, they'd really like the soundtrack and they'd like the light show. But I don't know if that would be a game that they would like over Medieval Madness. Hmm. But I think personally, if I had to pick one game and I could only have one game in my basement, I think I'd pick uh, TNA or Black Knight over Medieval Madness. I've done that. I've literally bought Black Knight over Medieval Madness once. You're before. crazy. <sighs> Chelsea did too. I'm going to give some of the blame to her as well. And then she Sorry, sold Chelsea. it. Uh, I had suggested it and we got Rick and Morty. And Rick and Morty's also 
in my personal opinion, got tier. I don't know if how much stuff I can take what you say seriously, because uh, you've said a lot of stuff, and then all of a sudden the game's gone. What do you mean? It's back. It's like a boomerang. <laughs> it's not the same game. <laughs> it's 90% the same game. Mm, I don't know, man. That upper play field plus the extra mode and all that had a lot going on. I'm not disagreeing with you, but overall, the game is the same between the two. Mm. It's missing. Yes, it's missing a multi-ball, which is amazing. Yes, it's missing the last stand, which is amazing. Yes, it's missing a different way to do scoring and, and like points. And yes, that stuff is missing. But the essence of what makes Black Knight great is all still there. Now, if I had to choose, um, if I could somehow trade in my pro for an LE for no money, oh, fuck yeah, I'm going to get my LE back or a premium. Like, it's the better game. But if you can't afford a premium or you don't have someone knocking on your door to trade you your no fear and a reasonable amount of cash for a premium Black Knight, I'll take the pro and I'm not going to bitch about it. (laughs) Is it ideal? No, but I definitely see the merit in it. I mean, I've always said that Black Knight Pro wasn't a bad game. It's missing stuff. I'm not super happy about that. But I still like the pro. I still think it's a great game. I still think it has the best soundtrack in pinball. Like it's up there, right up there next to Scott Denise's TNA for me. But it's a completely different genre of music. Hmm. Um, I still, I still don't know if I can get rid of my games. I think you should, man, because you aren't down there playing them. You don't run downstairs and, and tell me all the time about how, you know, you were playing your game and, and you're all excited about it. You, that shit doesn't happen. None of the games down there minus the P3. Do you have these like excited discussions with me lately? Like almost since I've known you, you've never called me and been like, yeah, man, you know, you did it. You know, what? you did it once with medieval. Mm, One time nice. on medieval. You got done with it and you called me and you talked to me all about how you got in this new mode you'd never seen and how you still really love the game. And that's fine. But you haven't done that with any of your other games. That's, that's what I'm saying. Play games. Yeah, well, that's part of the problem. You'd make time for shit you want to do bad enough. If you aren't downstairs playing your games, it's probably because they're fucking stale. Oh, or, it's, or it's because the children. No, you find time to do all sorts of stuff. Yeah, that's true. You find time to do all sorts of shit. Hmm. I'm not saying that parents have the same amount of time, but you can find time if you are driven enough to do something. That's true. I bring them down, but like I said, they haven't really gotten into it. So it's more of like, if no one else is watching them, then I have to try to play with them and then just get frustrated. Mm-hmm. But... Hmm. Well, I don't know. I have someone lined up for Tron, so it's not like I can. Uh... Oh, is that a for sure thing now? Oh, I have no idea. I guess no one's for sure. I don't even know about freaking what's its nuts. Cactus Canyon. Yes, you do. They haven't announced any details. I'm out, I'm just on the list. Yeah, but you're you're on the list. Mm. The list. What if they release it like info and it just super crappy 
I don't know. They've already released information. Like, you really agitate no, no, the no. shit out of me sometimes. No, they have not released pictures. Yes, they have. In the details. PowerPoint, they talked about it. They talked about it. They don't have specifics. There is nothing specific. The most interactive topper that they've ever created. Hey, cool. Okay. What does that mean? What does that mean? You know what? Uh, considering that I would argue that Medieval Madness and Monster Bash are equally both their worst toppers, and you bought one, uh, <laughs> that means a lot. So tread carefully, my young son. <laughs> FOMO, baby. FOMO. Yeah, well, FOMO here, too, because if it's better than Attack from Mars, I'm already interested. Like, they've piqued my interest. Will I buy one? No. It doesn't mean I'm not going to drool all over yours whenever you get it. Like, you're um, a bitch and not get it. Oh! <laughs> so angry. But, no, I, I think they, they've talked about that. They've talked about redesigning the mechs to where they're actually going to be able to do the things that they wanted to do but couldn't in the original production game. They've talked about adding mechs that weren't in the game because, again, they couldn't physically engineer the mechs to work the way that they needed them to for the game. That stuff's going to be in there. They finished the code. That's also going to be in there. So this is going to be one of Williams' most packed games ever with CGC's most interactive topper ever. And uh, it's still a game that has, I think, a pretty cool theme, you know, old Western theme. And it's going to have mechs that we've never seen from a Williams game actually implemented into the final game. What else do they? What else do you need besides that information for you to be like, yep, no, nope, I'm interested. Well, I'm interested, but I want the deets. I just gave you deets. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably pretty sure on the cactus swap. Probably pretty sure. But the the Ghostbusters to Monster Bash is a little slower for me to choke down. But I don't know. I think you should, I think you should post up your Ghostbusters for trade for a Monster Bash SE. And if somebody approaches you and is more or less going to do something around a straight trade or maybe a little bit of cash on your end, I think you should just fucking do it. But can I have a Monster Bash non-LE in my basement? Yeah, you can. It's really but easy. All the other ones are LEs. No, they aren't. There's only a thousand LEs. Not all of them. There's a no, thousand. No, no, all my other CGCs are LEs. Well, your Medieval Madness is like a fake LE. I mean, it's an LE, but it's a fake one. Because it's not the primo top dog like your Cactus Cane, it's going to be. I mean, I don't want to pop your bubble or anything here, but I feel like I just did. <laughs> I guess I guess it depends on how much someone wants for a Monster Bash LE. Like, what they should be going for, or what they... I mean, it looks like they're going for like twelve five. Yeah, they shouldn't be, but yes. No, I haven't seen one sell for twelve five. I've seen them posted for twelve five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I saw some crazy guy try to sell his AFM and Monster Bash for like twenty seven. No, he wanted thirty. <laughs> he dropped it. Oh, oh wow, yeah. what a deal! <laughs> <laughs> hey man, that's ten percent off base price. That, and then I someone asked that... him. Are these LEs? And he's like, no. And I was like, get your shit out of here. Ooh. Uh, the, the Tilt Bar down in Minneapolis had LEs and uh, 
my wife really just likes the the GI, which is what I like as well. Yeah, and that's on the special edition. It is. But the only oh, thing you're missing is the shitty topper. And just a minute ago, when I was talking to you about CGC's most innovative topper, you're like, yeah, but you know, what does that mean? And now we're getting stuck up here of you spending $2,000 more value on a plastic or wooden, whatever material it is, molded topper that does not move. <laughs> That does not do anything except has some LEDs that are that are cool. You know, they're interactive in the game. Like, I'm not trying to knock that. But once Black Knight's topper came out, I think that really set a new bar of what toppers should be. And uh, the Monster Bash and Medieval Madness Royal toppers really, in that sense, I think fell really flat. Hmm. And I don't think you can argue that point. Yeah, I guess it really depends on what the market shows me for an SE versus an LE. I think you should post your Tron up for sale for trade for a Monster Bash and see what happens. Maybe there'll be somebody that trades you an LE for your, your premium. I don't think so. I wouldn't fucking hold my breath. But You mean you my Ghostbusters premium, not my yes. Tron? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, you need to sell Lord of the Rings and Tron. Like That needs to happen. ASAPP. Oh shoot. Yeah, I gotta um give Lord of the Rings a good old wipe down some pictures. Mm-hmm. You're right, you should do that. Who's gonna buy it? Uh I know a guy that might buy it. Seriously? Yeah, but I thought your homie was supposed to let you know like Are you talking about Tron or Lord of the Rings? Because I'm talking Tron. about Lord of the Rings. Oh, I don't know. I could probably find somebody to buy Lord of the Rings too. Hmm. Hmm. Ugh. But then how am I going to hear Gimli make jackpot callouts? You go watch the YouTube video of the guy trying to get Valinor on Papo. <laughs> and then him rage at the end, like full on, full volume, fucking like blood curdling scream. And then the video just cut abruptly to the end. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, it's great. I mean, he spent like an hour and a half trying to get to Valinor in one game just for him to uh, fuck up a shot because he was getting close. So, yeah, we did talk about Lord of the Rings and it's it's a very deep game. But like you said, it's the same game twice. Yep. And when you put it that way, it's like, well, I don't want to beat the game then. I mean, it's it's got it's got was it six modes? Yeah, I don't know, something like that. Eight modes. I don't know. Again, I'm sure there's our listeners are screaming at me right now and telling me I'm an idiot, but it's got a couple modes and I'm not trying to discredit that. And it's got three multi balls, not trying to discredit from that either, but you essentially just do that shit twice. Plus destroy the ring. Now destroying the ring is a monumental occasion. The first couple times you do it, but then it quickly loses its luster too. Cause then you just got to fucking do it again. So I should put it easy, beat the game, or beat that, and then take the pictures. And No, you should just take the pictures now, and that will be the fire underneath your ass to go play the game before it sells. <laughs> before it leaves the basement. Right. As the new buyer is walking away. Mm-hmm. I did reach out to someone who had a Monster Bash and a P3, and they said they knew it was a temporary game monster bash 
and they were like, well, I'll probably keep it for a couple more years and trade it for Attack from Mars. But they also like game room themes. Like, they're into space Star Trek stuff, so they're, like, Monster Bash doesn't fit anymore. I'm assuming their old theme was humor. So Right. I mean, I agree with that person. I think having had a Monster Bash and traded it, essentially, for an Attack from Mars... Uh, Attack from Mars is my more favorite game. However, uh, your significant other really loves, your wife really loves Monster Bash, and that would be enough for me to potentially not get the game I want and instead get Monster Bash, because your wife also hates Ghostbusters. So that seems like a pretty big win to get her down into the basement more so you guys can share more time playing pinball together rather than you being a little, uh, you know, like hobbled away hobbit that just sits in his basement and looks at his games that are turned off all the time. They're very gorgeous when they're off. I mean, I get that. <laughs> Be one that's more gorgeous seeing you and your wife playing games downstairs together. Mm. Also, I kept thinking... Uh oh, that's dangerous. What if I had Monster Bash and <laughs> Cactus Canyon? I was like, oh my god, these are like the epitome of fun '90s games, and my family would love me. I think that's exactly it. You should definitely go with that. Your first instinct there, and uh, get rid of the three games I told you to get rid of. What am I gonna do if I miss Ghostbusters? My daughter loves the Ghostbusters theme song. You could get a jukebox that plays a Ghostbusters theme song. That's true. She doesn't watch the TV show, the movie. She has played the pinball, but like she's just, for some reason, obsessed with the song. Yeah, so just get a little jukebox. <laughs> so when she walks over, it plays a Ghostbusters theme song. Yeah, that's probably good. Your daughter doesn't get a say in this until she can actually like give you feedback on how a game plays. Yeah. Until then. It's so sad I've got... I got Ghostbusters new. This is my baby. Yeah, but we both know that you're going to make a pretty penny flipping that. <laughs> Weird, right? Because when it, when it first came out, people just crap-tasticed on it. Mm-hmm. It dropped value hard when it first came out. Right. Hmm. Yeah, there's all these things to think about, but I definitely get, like... Not being like I'm so attached to stuff because like for like Tron, I I didn't like Tron for a long time. Tron anything. When I saw finally years after the movie came out, the Tron Legacy, I was like obsessed with that. And then I remember seeing the game at Blainbrook, playing it, thinking, "Fuck this game," because it just no ball save just drained like hardcore on me. But then, um, well, that was also when I was new to the hobby. My buddy got one, and I played it at his house a bunch. And you know, then when you have uh, free play and not paying a dollar a play, you get a little bit more time on it, and then you hear more of the game. And I got offered one at a pretty good price at the time, and that, so that's why I got it. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if it has the same excitement as it. Like the Tron theme is still enjoyable in my head, but I don't think it's like exciting anymore. But it's hard for me to let go. Yeah. We're just talking circles at this point, because... We are. Because I've already kind of addressed that. So, do you think listeners, do they know when it's time? Is it when someone comes to their house and offers them stupid amounts of money? If you actually posted your games, I bet you would be offered stupid amounts of money. And I think most of our listeners 
I think there might be a game or two or or few that they're just like, nope, like your P3. I don't think you'll ever sell your P3. I wouldn't sell mine. But a lot of the other games in the basement, you know, I can't swap out and turn it into a whole new game. So, like, if that game, for whatever reason, doesn't excite me in that same way, like, it's probably time to go. Go, go, go. It's just so easy for you. It's wild. That's because I look at them as uh, enjoyment. Yeah. Not not wives. <laughs> that I've married. That I have like some commitment to. You know. When they're when they're no longer fun or captivating, like they get the boot. And you're not tied to like the theme of like, oh my god, I have to keep it because I, I liked it at one point in my life. Not if it's not exciting when I play it. Like if I don't if I don't play the game and I'm just like, oh my fucking god, this is so good. Yeah, that's probably on the fucking chopping block at that point. Like Ghostbusters is one of those games that I don't every time go downstairs and turn on, but every time I play it. <laughs> Might not be my first game, but after like my second or third game, I'm just like, fuck, this is so good. You know, and the fact that we came, we saw, we kicked its ass is literally like every fucking famous movie quote from the entire movie that plays shot by shot. Like, yeah, I to me, that's a no brainer. But to someone that, that doesn't enjoy it or to someone that doesn't play it all the time. Yeah, maybe it's time to get rid of Ghostbusters. Do you think you will get sick of Ghostbusters? That's really hard to say. Um, I don't think so, but I could. I mean, a year ago, I said I'd never get rid of my Black Knight, and well, I got rid of one and got another. So, um, I don't know. Some games seem to boomerang back in, and other ones don't. So, maybe? Hmm. I think if I got rid of Ghostbusters, it would have to be for a pretty substantial reason at this point in time. Like, like cancer, or something like truly fucking awful. Uh, See, how come... Short of how that. Come- how come Ghostbusters can keep you, but all these other games have just flipped through? What, what do you think that is from? I think it's partially the depth and the fact that I'm still discovering stuff in Ghostbusters. Like, I still haven't gotten to Mass Hysteria. I've gotten, there. gotten there. I've gotten there. What is wrong with you? Dude, and I suck at pinball. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I guess you had a good game in your life. I've gotten there multiple. I've gotten there twice. Okay. <laughs> I've had two good games on Ghostbusters. <laughs> I have not gotten to Mass Hysteria, but I've gotten to uh, We Came, We Saw, We Kicked Its Ass. And, like, even that in and of itself is enough for me. But I know that there's so much more beyond that that I'm fine, um, you know, that part of it I'm okay with. Like there's a lot of code that I haven't seen yet. I won't go play the, are you a God or whatever the final wizard mode is? Uh, even though I can, how do you play that? Do you know? I don't, I haven't looked it up cause I don't even want the temptation, but I know it's a setting that I can disable or enable. And I think I have it on disabled on mine. Um, but I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you why. It just gives me, uh, I'll quote Captain Slow here, it gives me the fizz. Mm. But when a game stops giving me the fizz, 
the game goes. <laughs> no turtles. You, it was a do, fun game, but it didn't give me the fizz the same way that uh, Avengers did. And <sighs> I really hope I haven't made a bad decision here and bought a Godzilla instead for more money. Uh, but we'll find out, you know, whenever in 2023, when I get mine, do you ever have a game that you think gives you the fizz? It goes away and then comes back like all while staying in your basement, not like this black Knight thing, but like, do you ever get bored of a game for a short period of time? And then, and then all of a sudden it clicks with you again. No, like once I kind of lose the fizz, that's kind of it. Like I'll keep playing it, but if you dislike a game and you mm-hmm. start playing it again, mm-hmm. do you have that bias where it just like, you just hate, like you just want to like walk away from it? No, I mean, like I kind of had that towards the end of my ownership with Lord of the Rings. I didn't hate the game. I was just like, it's just like, let's do this bullshit again. Like I just, I didn't have the same excitement that I once had, like when I initially got it, where I was like, oh, yeah, mm, yeah. Mm. No, I wasn't just all about it. And so I was like, OK, well, here we go again. You know, and the games last way too long on Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I mean, if I can make Black Knight last for like over 30 minutes in a game, like that should tell you that although I'm not great at Lord of the Rings and I definitely didn't get to Valinor, like I was getting deep into the game and just rinse and repeating the same things over and over and over again. It just gets really dull. Cause like the real way for you to progress through all this stuff is for you to go through the modes very specifically and stack them with specific multi-balls. So that way you min max your chances of getting as far into the game as you can. And yeah, it's just kind of like, eh. <laughs> for me, it just felt very samey. And that was the same way I felt with Monster Bash. It just felt very samey. Uh, that is my fear. And I even asked you, like, is there anybody renting or leasing a, a Monster Bash so I can yeah, borrow but, it for a month? Because then I'll you know, probably get it out of my system. No, because a lot of people say the same shit about Monster or Medieval Madness. My God. Oh, God, that's good. So I, a lot of people. In fact, I would argue the most said in the tournament players base ever for their least favorite game at this point that was their most favorite is without a doubt almost always Monster Bat or uh, Medieval Madness because it is the exact same fucking game every time you fucking play it. Hmm. And I went into the Monster Bash remake thread. And people just love it. I mean, there's people that have owned it since, you know, it came out or they had the original. And Right. I can't, I don't remember what, how big their collections are, but maybe they play like I do. Maybe it's just a different play style of like, yep. you have more time. You like to dig deep. I just flip around like a flipper. Like an like, idiot. I, I'm just like <laughs> flipper the dolphin, just, <laughs> just whacking around. Right. And so everything seems fine to me. I mean. You know, I owned Waterworld for years and enjoyed it. Right. So I just I just think it's time, you know. Listeners, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about Parnell and uh, <laughs> his whole debacle. So if you could write into us at uh, flippin' 
and mashing at gmail.com or contact us on Facebook at the flipping and mashing Facebook page. Uh, we would love to hear any info or feedback that we can talk about in our next episode, because uh, I think it's time for him to dump some fucking games and get some, new, some new blood down in the basement. He refuses to get rid of Metallica. That's my wife's. He's not going to get rid of his P3, but I think these other three games, man, mm, I won't get rid of medieval. Okay. But so the other three games. Yeah. Yeah. The other three games. Like I, I think there's time for some shakeup and medieval madness, cactus Canyon and monster bash are all different enough mm-hmm. that it's not the same layout. I think it would, um, for the I wouldn't get Attack from Mars mm. in the basement next to Medieval, though. No, because we played Attack, and my wife didn't say, like, oh, I really like this game. Right, because she's already played it. Well. <laughs> it's called Medieval Madness. Yeah. In our basement. <laughs> so we talked about, like, from this point in my life of having no time and kids and a family, like, maybe it is time for just fun, easy games. And so, yeah, I think there's time. It's it's time for fun games. You know, you you might like you said, you might get sick of one of these games and that's fine. But you just take that game and you trade it for a different game. Mm hmm. Yeah. Like I'm, like I'm not going to be other keep, shiny things that you want. I'm not going to keep this game, the next game forever. I mean, that's the thing I, I get. I hoard hoard mentality. I think I'm going to keep it forever. Yeah, but you're not. That's the best part. And you just need to start thinking that way. And then it'll be a lot easier for you to make that jump. You're going to keep a game until it isn't fun. And then when the game is no longer fun, you get rid of it. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Yeah, I'm curious what I'm curious what listeners have to say. Yeah, guys, please write in. Uh, you know, whether it's like something quick, like you guys are assholes or I don't know, whatever. Uh, we want to hear from you because uh, I've been trying to talk to Parnell and work this over on him for like weeks now. And I, I think it's time. I think he needs to start checking out some of the other fucking pastures, man. Holy guacamole. This crazy person listed a Ghostbusters premium for 12 grand. Oh, maybe you can get a monster bash. (laughs) What the? That is just dumb. I mean, there's a guy locally here to us in Minnesota. That's willing to pay $18,000 for a Ghostbusters Ellie. Ridiculous. I don't know how a single game is worth that. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you know, obviously, thanks to the auction house, my Star Trek's now worth fifteen thousand. So, oh boy, it's nice to know. <laughs> yeah, this auction really kind of shook shook some stuff up. Well, and like the difficult part, and I was having this conversation with someone else uh, earlier today, actually, and he said that we should talk about this too. Is, um. He was saying that this auction doesn't mean anything and it's just, you know, weird people that that aren't into pinball thinking that this stuff is like super duper rare. Mm -hmm. And so they're just buying it for the sake of having something that that they perceive as super rare. Uh, That that probably is totally correct. Yeah, they're not non pinball people and buying it. Yeah, right. And he said and so for that fact, he said those games values hold zero weight in the actual pinball community that is what i disagree with i said so too and my counter argument was go tell that to the tron uh potential buyers 
because like <laughs> Tron LE right now is what like seventeen thousand dollars, fifteen yeah, twenty thousand dollars. They've been kissing with, twenty for some reason, right? And so, you know, most of the time we have to look human beings look at empirical data that we have in front of us and historically for arcades and pinball machines we've looked at auctions now i'm not saying that right now if you have a star trek next gen you have a fifteen thousand dollar game but i do think that it definitely plays a part into trying to price this stuff out now that might price a bunch of people out and they're gonna be super upset that i've said something like that or they're upset at the situation and i understand that too because even me and parnell are getting priced out woo woo that p3 train baby we're just gonna ride <laughs> it till we die but you know, real like seriously though, you know, if if a if a Pirates of the Caribbean Collector's Edition goes for forty thousand dollars, that's not something that can be ignored if you were getting ready to sell a Pirates of the Caribbean Collector's Edition. I don't think you should mark it for forty, but if you're gonna mark it for twenty, I might mark it for twenty five. Well, that's the thing. Now everybody selling games sees these new prices and so they just start raising their price. They might not meet that same auction price. Right, but, but games are now, going up. Yeah, yeah, so now they're going to just ask more. Yep. And I, I don't, I, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, perceived value is something that is not, you cannot discredit it in one place, i.e. the auction house and the crazy fucking auctions that just went on. But then credit and say, oh, well, you know, the Pirates of the Caribbean sales and the Tron LE sales and fuck even the Tron Pro sales. Those are OK, because that's different. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all perceived value. Right. And that's why at the beginning of this conversation we were talking about and I stressed pinball is not really an investment. I would not make investments into pinball and be like, yeah, you know, in five years, these are going to even go up more in value or you know, they're always going to hold the same value. No, they're going to hold their value in 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 line with other machines as long as they've been out on the market long enough for the market to respond to them positively and then hold their value on their own. We you know? miss the old market where they would drop one to two grand because they were old and used. Right. And so we could pick up pros cheap. <laughs> I miss those days. I mean, I got one. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> you 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 sold it to somebody who has this perceived notion that '90s Williams are like the you know worth a bajillion dollars. No Fear was like a fifteen hundred dollar game for a long time, yeah, yeah. or less. Right, but I guess the the point I'm just trying to make is, uh, you know, in regards to like value only only by sales. '90s Williams. No, hmm. buy what makes you happy. And I, if the shit I, you bought doesn't excite you anymore, man, fucking go tickle that pickle and go look at something else. Start daydreaming. You know, it's like, you know, car guys, they're really famous for this. And listeners, just try to stick with me, okay? Car guys will do this thing where they will periodically daydream about going out and buying X car, whether it be a classic car or a newer car. They'll go online. They'll start looking at pricing <laughs> of this car. They'll start trying to figure out, like, you know, what would I do if I got this? You know, where am I going to store it? They'll start looking up potentially even insurance stuff, figuring out the insurance. Do they have an actual, like, are they getting ready to buy that car? Absolutely not. But they're going through the idea. And I think that pinball, for whatever reason, there's like this stigma against people 
swapping out machines in their basement when they've become stale and they're no longer a machine that they even necessarily turn on when they go downstairs to play. It's like, do what makes you happy. But at the end of the day, if you're not going downstairs, running up to your games and wanting to play them, like to me, that sounds like you aren't enjoying them as much as something else you could possibly be enjoying more. Hmm. What would I do if I enjoyed all my games? You'd play them more. <clears throat> Your wife would be downstairs playing with you more because you'd have games she likes too. Hmm. Hmm. Do you think she would then want... Your marriage could be happy. <laughs> do you think she would want to get rid of the couch then to get more games that she enjoys? She potentially could. Oh, wow. Oh, then maybe I should. Hey. All right. I'm, you know, I'm going to release some magic. Parnell, you ready? When mm-hmm. when we got the house that we're living in, there was a rule, okay? There was a very strict rule. Uh-oh. I got the one area for my pinball machines. That was it. And when we had first moved in, I after we kind of shuffled around our rooms and where our where our bedroom ultimately ended up landing, I said, "Well, now that we've moved, we have this huge empty room that we aren't using that is like a pseudo master bedroom." Um, I said, I think we should knock this down so I have more room for pinballs. And the comment that I was given, the response I was given was, that's not pinball space. We agreed on this is the space you get. Work with it. And uh, you want to know something? I involved my wife, Chelsea, in pinball. We took an active interest in it. We go buy games together. We go play new games that are out to see if we want to change up any of the basement. We go to play new games that are bad just to make sure that we don't like them. Like we do all that stuff together. We go downstairs and at night, a lot of times we'll play pinball together. Even if it's for like 10 or 15 minutes, we're downstairs playing a game, talking, doing whatever. Guess who wants to knock down the fucking walls in our basement to make our pinball area bigger now? Because I'll give you a hint. It's not me. It's Chelsea. Because Chelsea now has an active interest in it. Before, Chelsea was kind of uh, a backseat to it. You know, and this can go for a lot of people. I mean, you know, your significant other just might hate pinball. And in that case, I'm very sorry. But if you include your significant other and you really start to buy stuff for them that they really enjoy too... You know, that obviously can build a much stronger bond for your relationship. And then things that were previously no's can become maybes or yeah, let's do it. Oh, I'm just about to light these games on fire and go get what I want then. What my <laughs> what my wife wants. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny because she even said, I think my dad would like this. I was like, oh, dang. The whole family's getting down. I mean, you know, there's stuff to be said, man. You know, they say the healthiest marriages are ones where even if you only take 10 minutes a day, but you take 10 minutes and you and your spouse do something together actively, like that can make for a much happier marriage. I mean, if y'all go downstairs and you play a game of pinball every night together, damn, son. Well, we'd have to make sure the kids don't wake up, but you could probably bring them down with us. Fucking hog time in the living room, man. You just do whatever you got to do, you know. There's a reason astronauts, when they go into space, they have a roll of duct tape. And they <laughs> fix shit. <laughs> it's to restrain an astronaut in case the worst case scenario. Oh, oh God. <laughs> well, is that it? We've probably rambled on about the same topic for an hour and a half. 
have you been able to check out any more of the launch video for Godzilla? No, I've seen a couple minutes of it, like where I stared and watched it. And what do you think? Initial from the cuff input. I've been asking you this for like four weeks now, three weeks. Uh, Well, I got to pull up a playfield chat. Huh? A playfield picture? Yeah, pull up a playfield picture. Okay, there we go. That'll be a good one. And look at the pro, just for the sake of the discussion. Oh, what's this one? If it doesn't have a ramp in front of Mechazilla, then it's a pro. This one must be a pro. He looks plastic. Yes, he'll be two-dimensional. That's the other way to tell. All right, so I enjoy the different stuff that they have on the middle of the playfield to the left and right. Like where Keith brought a pop bumper down on the right side with a, a lane, like an orbit lane behind it. Yep. Um, he did that on both sides. Yeah, I don't know what's on the left. There's but... a spinner over there underneath uh, the le- the t- upper left flipper. There's actually a spinner there. How do I? Is it is it a stand up target below that? No, it's just a spinner. Mm, no, below that on the left. Oh yes, that's a oh. stand up. Yep. Oh shoot, I lost the big picture. Okay, I think that's pretty neat. The building having multiple layers. I know this is not the pro, but like that was pretty darn cool. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um. Led Zeppelin, you know, their, their little turnaround thing with the spinner in it from Mecca was was funny because I was like, oh, they took a Led Zeppelin feature and just changed it. Um, but that seems to be a pretty neat mech. Like, I don't think people give that mech enough credit, even though it might be clunky. Mm-hmm. I think it was a really neat idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As for the pro I'm looking at, it looks like <laughs> there's a ton of ramps. He's obsessed with these loop-de-loop ramps, which is kind of fun, right? It adds a little pizzazz to the ball coming down. Right. Um, I didn't see them get deep in the quote-unquote cold, but I hear that it they didn't get very far. And so mm-hmm. it does sound like it's a deep game, but Correct. I don't know what's there for the casual player. Maybe the maybe there is a lot of fun. Like, is there a multi ball that's super easy to get? Uh, I think. Well, I mean that main building, like that's the main multi ball. Oh, oh, okay. So that's just hit it yeah, a bunch you, and you'll you bash get it. the stand ups on either side, and that damages the structural rigidity of the building. And then once that happens enough, then you start locking balls for uh, building multi ball. And then, like, I think. Mechazilla, you just shoot Mechazilla shots a whole bunch, and then I think you shoot a few lit shots, and then you start Mechazilla multiball. I think there's like four multiballs in this game, plus wizard modes. Oh, there is a scoop. Is this his first scoop? Is that what people are saying? Uh, I think it is. Yeah, on the right, above the pop bumper is a scoop. Yeah. Uh, that back. No, that bumper... is a scoop. I think yeah. you're right, though. I think it's his first game with a scoop. That back right ramp looks like super duper far to hit from the lower left flipper. I think you can hit that ramp. I don't know if it's backhandable. I don't know if I'll have enough oomph. Yeah. I, I do know that you can hit that ramp from the upper flipper and the bottom left flipper. 
Okay. Um, I'm a Godzilla fan. Like, I mm-hmm. super duper enjoy it. I'm not a hyper fan. I couldn't tell you, like, all the bad guys' names. And I couldn't tell you all the movies and TV shows. But I super duper enjoy it. I love mm-hmm. watching them. Um, well, this... the Blue Oyster Cult soundtrack <laughs> for Go Go Godzilla. Yeah. I mean, that is pretty rad. <laughs> I think it plays at, like, the end or whatever. Or no, it plays uh, during, yeah, the main uh, building multiball it plays. I think that's a nice, like they sprung for that license to get mm-hmm. that. Cause that's pretty funny. Well, and that, that, I mean, I guess we're really forgetting like the coolest feature of the pro arguably is you still get that magnet, uh, captive ball that can catch the shot. It can catch five different shots oh, and yeah. hold that ball there. They're kind of counting. Let's see. Are they counting going up and down the same orbit? Uh, yeah no wait i don't think you can oh yeah maybe you can make that that's a tight shot i don't know if you can make that shot i guess you can what do you mean what what are the five shots to this magnet core because it looks like the ball coming down the two orbits on each side of it that's two then the ball going up that's two more and then hitting it directly it's five okay so hitting it directly Hitting the orbit slash loop shot is two. Hitting the building is three. Wait, hitting, how does hitting the building hit the main? The building has an entrance that actually does a quick, a super duper quick 180 degree loop around to the left side of the entrance of the building. Oh, so this is what I mean where they kind of stretch the truth. They, You shoot the building and it puts it out into that, you know, left orbit or inner whatever. And it mm-hmm. so it just goes right back to it, aka right. coming down that orbit. Okay. Well, but that orbit's also to the right of, uh, I think, to the right of the building. So that's another shot. So that's the five. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool that it can catch the ball from a bunch of different places. It's interesting that it took this long to see it in pinball because mm-hmm. once you see it, you're like, oh, that totally makes sense. Right. Like why, why would you do it? And I'm glad that there's no post uh, below the upper flipper, like Godzilla. Remember that post just constantly would. You mean Jurassic fucking, or Jurassic, where we just constantly dig into uh, the play field because it was just getting bashed 24 seven. I'm oh. glad to see that they figured out some way to just have that flipper naked by itself sitting there. Oh, our pro on route. It has that. St- because what must have been one of the first ones out on the line where there was no, it, they didn't. I don't know how this got past QC or QA, QA, whatever. They never locked it down. It would just wiggle loose and then it would flop back and forth and just damage the crap out of your playfield. Right. And then the repair kit is just a washer with a lock nut on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the washer just digs in your playfield, and so now it just pushes the art out further. I mean. It was a band-aid. It was not a fix. Right. Well, that's what JJP will sell you for their Guns N' Roses. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they'll sell you a new playfield. <laughs> yeah, they will, buddy. Ugh. I, so part of me was impressed that you wanted to buy a Stern with some of their shenanigans they've pulled. Do you have any response to that, uh, Dr. Ryan? Um, I like Keith Elbin's games. Like, I really You've enjoy- owned... The first one. Yeah, I owned Maiden. 
and I liked if it wasn't if it if it was Archer themed, it would have been. Uh, I would have loved it, but Iron Maiden got old after a while. I'm not a like Iron Maiden's a good band. I'm not discrediting them, but it was kind of like eh. yeah, they're not my band. I eh. could care less. So like that one kind of came and went. <clears throat> um, we ended up not getting a Jurassic Park because there were a bunch on location, and at the time we were kind of more fixated on other pins. Uh, it's still a pin that I enjoy playing, though. Like I, I love playing Jurassic Park, whether it's the pro or the premium. Like I really don't care. Like they're they're both fun. I think Jurassic Park had some issues, and it looks like Keith might have taken some of that. <laughs> feedback and uh <laughs> some of those issues and fixed them actually he might have um one we don't see the raptor lock style thing where the ball can get stuck anywhere and then you know, the plunger being right junk and not right. plunging because if you notice in this one he went really basic comparatively to what keith normally does He's not trying to shoot it up a ramp at the very back of the game, at the very tippy top of the game where the ball won't make it up there if it auto launches. He's not trying to do a 180 degree quick launch ramp. He's just throwing it out onto the play field. That shot, the inner loop to the right of the magnet looks super tight to hit. That's actually the ramp shot for the left ramp. Left ramp. So you see the right ramp. Mm-hmm. I think that's the left ramp. Oh, how is that going to make it up? I'll have to watch the stream, I guess. Or no, maybe the left orbit is actually the left ramp. And then that other one's like an <laughs> inner orbit. It's hittable, though. They hit it on stream quite a few times. Either way. Um, sometimes his stuff is just too tight. Like Jurassic Park was... Uh, I really enjoyed... It was bad. Escape though. Nublar because it was I knew what to do, but like the rest of the game was like a confusing mess, and then it was super tight, and you couldn't oh, hit crap. And I did hate the jeep. I hated that Newton ball, <laughs> whatever the fuck it was. I did not like that. I thought it was a good idea, but it always got in the way of a shot. Right. It was more annoying than it was like a fun feature. And I could never hit that left. Like off the upper flipper to the left uh, ramp, whatever it was in Jurassic, I could never hit it. What left ramp? You mean from the, the up- main one to like start modes? No, the one to the left, like oh the uh, yeah. the guard tower. Yeah, I can well, hit that one pretty easily. Well, it depends on if your route game is balanced or leveled. I mean, well, I mean you know, balance your fucking games better. Oh, I should probably bring a. <laughs> I should probably complain to the bar owner. <laughs> You should probably take a level with you the next time you go to work on said game and fucking level it. You hear? Yeah, I probably should. I <laughs> but anyways, so the reason I went with another Stern is because they have Keith. If it was going to be John Borg, if it was going to be Steve Ritchie, if it was going to be... Uh, who are their other designers? I know... Um, Brian Eddy. Like, if it was going to be any of them, I'd don't even think I would have like considered it. But when I heard it that Keith was next up to bat again, and as much as I loved Avengers, I think Avengers was a shit ton of fun to shoot, but the music and the callouts are borderline awful. 
So if I can instead have a theme that I actually like really, really like, aka Godzilla, because uh, as our listeners probably know, me and Parnell really like Godzilla. <laughs> uh, so if I can have a Godzilla themed pin that's designed by Keith Elwin that, uh, you know, has like decent call outs from either Godzilla or the movies or whatever. And, you know, we got Blue Oyster Coats, Colts, Go Godzilla. Like, that's good enough for me. So what happens if their next game is Back to the Future? I don't give a shit. No. Oh, wow. No. Back to the Future is a cool theme, but it's not, for me, it's not a holy grail. Mm. But Godzilla is, or you're just wanting something new? I think it's a combination. I mean, I think we talked about Godzilla. Fuck. We've talked about Godzilla potentially being, you know, coming out from Stern for a while. Mm -hmm. And I think even way back when, when I was before I'd bought turtles, I was like, you know, I wish this game wasn't John Borg's, but it was Keith Elwin's Godzilla. Uh, You know, or I had wished that Keith Elwin had designed turtles. Like either one of those would have been, uh, I think a, a better fit. But I do really like Godzilla. I like the movies. I like the remakes. I like all of it. So, yeah. Who, who doesn't like Godzilla? Oh, I think it's fun. Fucking the, crazies. That's who. Are you enjoying that it's the old Godzilla? I think it's it makes sense because there's so many enemies that mm-hmm. Godzilla fought yeah. in the old ones. And that, that goes back to another thing about Keith and his code. Keith takes a really active interest in his code. And, you know, Keith took people's feedback from Deadpool, where you got to pick who you were, like, fighting and, like, starting that whole thing. And he picked that up and immediately started to run with that with Avengers. And I think it worked really well. There was a lot of strategy and planning in, like, which Infinity Stone were you going to get and... Uh, you know, what shots were you on at that time and which ones weren't you on and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So like, I think it's really cool that Godzilla gets to do the same thing. We have like this whole battle system on top of the game where you're fighting the different monsters and it's not just, um, you know, Oh, I started a mode, uh, you know, that I didn't get to pick. It was just kind of at random or because I popped through the pop bumpers. No, like instead, you get to select what monster you want to fight. And that's cool. Uh, is he going to have co-op mode? That's all we care about, right? Uh, I have better games that have co-op, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not worried about it. Co-op was cool at the time, but then once I got the P3, I could give two shits. <laughs> did you even make a profile on your P3 yet? Yes, I did. Hmm. Absolutely. You have one too, you goober. This is one of the first things I... Second things I did. Yep. Nope. We both have a profile on there. Did you update your P3 to the newest software? Yes, I did. Finally. Are you lying? No. What What was the big feature change? Uh, you can download um, through Wi-Fi all the updates to your P3. You no longer need a USB stick. How cool is that? For all the games that are on your P3. That's really rad. The funny part was, I thought that my game was all updated. And I installed the system updates to give it the Wi-Fi capabilities. Mm -hmm. And so I 
you know, it does its update and reboot and update and reboot. And then I'm back to the main menu. And all of a sudden, Silver Falls has this big star like, hey, what's this? Oh, there's an update available. I'm like, no, there's not. Sure enough, still on 1.0. So I did the update for Silver Falls over Wi-Fi. That was pretty neat. That's super neat. I mean, I'm super excited that we have that feature now to where all of our games, we can update them without having to use a USB stick. I think that's really cool. I, I don't know. It It's one of those creature comforts that you don't realize how nice it is until you have it. Because now it's like, screw USB sticks. I don't ever want to have to do that again. <laughs> but when I was doing it with USB, I was like, eh, this isn't bad. I just have to do it. But at least you just have to open the coin door. Dude, on a stern, you have to fucking open the back box. It's a pain in the butt. I uh, know. Well, you can always get a USB extension cable and that costs run money. It down. It does. No thanks. Not when you sell all your sterns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that's a selling point? Like long ass USB cable built into the game? Uh, I've heard people include that in a selling point. Huh. Godzilla. I did think it was neat that the Mothra was at the bottom. Hell yeah, baby. I didn't know that she did that. So, that's pretty cool. She did what? Sacrifices herself to be reborn. Yeah, save Godzilla every time. So that so that ball save is like kind of fun. Dude, it's super awesome. Oh, hey. This is uh some people have said that they are not fans of Jeremy Packer's Zombie Yetis. Art being so samey color poppy. I did see someone uh, call Godzilla's chest looking like a watermelon. <laughs> and now that they showed that, it's really hard for me to not look at Godzilla's whole body, actually. And him not just look like watermelon godzilla but what do you say about like because avengers also had very popping colored but very same palette like there's not a lot of uniqueness to the palette it's like a very safe color choice i think that stern is probably really overworking him because everybody wants zombie yeti's artwork and i'm not coming up with an excuse but if anybody (laughs) were to be taken advantage of. I could definitely see it being uh, Zombie Yeti because that's what everybody wants. And a lot of his more recent titles do kind of look more safe and phoned home. Do I think that he could have made Godzilla look a little bit cooler? Yes. Do I think that his art is uh, on his recent games is bad? No, but it's not Ghostbusters. Should I keep Ghostbusters just because of the art? No. <laughs> not if it doesn't excite you. If it doesn't tickle your pickle, buddy, you gotta get rid of it. I mean, but the art does. That's really cool, but you know, you could look at pictures of it and it's the same thing. Because you don't play your game. <laughs> <laughs> Bazinga. Also, uh, you know, we talked about this the other day. It wouldn't surprise me if somebody comes out with a fucking moving building mod for the pro. Because mm. I bet there's a fucking hole in the pro play field just like there is for the premium LE. It really depends. You wouldn't be able to lock a ball up there. 
but I could easily see that building shaking around or, you know, having some sort of movement when you start multiball. Hmm. It really depends on how they're, how they made the mech work. Right. But yeah, I don't think it's going to be the same, but I think someone could create something. If somebody can animate a fucking baby Yoda, the baby, whatever the fuck in the corner, that's the same size replacement and sell it for 300, $300. That was an Um, easy swap though. Cause that was like a toy that was already. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that there's another mech that they could pull from somewhere that would make the building shake around a little bit. Eh, I'm thinking they're going to do the, you know, the two Godzilla toys will be replaced for sure. Well, yeah. Just... I, th- I think, well, no, like look at the cross from Metallica. Like the building doesn't have to move a ton. I'm not saying it falls completely down into the bottom of the play field. But if they just take the mech that made the cross move up and down in Metallica and just make the building, you know, kind of shake and jostle up and down a little bit. Like, that'd be enough. Whatever. 80% of the glory, man. My building still moves. Yeah, I guess it depends on what is there. I'm trying to find pictures of the close-up. Oh, well. Stern does not make it easy anymore. No. What do you think about the fact that uh, they still haven't done a trailer reveal of the Pro? I think they're just behind. You think they're behind, or do you think Gary really doesn't want trailers or uh, uh, like premieres of the pros now? Because it seems like he's made a pretty hard fucking stance that he wants homeowners buying premiums, not pros. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know if they've done. When was the last time they released a game and they did the premium LE on the reveal and then they did a pro stream? Uh. Led Zeppelin? Really? Really? Yeah. Huh. I guess I missed the pro. Led Zeppelin, Turtles, Avengers, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, Stranger Things. I think until this new one with this recent price hike. I could see them doing that, though. Like, not doing a pro stream and, like, let the people that bought the pros stream it. I think that Gary just really doesn't want homeowners having pros. <laughs> I think that's what it really comes down to. Because you want to know it sounds better than, was it $68.99? $89.99. That <laughs> sounds better. <laughs> I bet you someone makes a building mod for this that isn't flat plastic and it lights on, like, does the better fire stuff. Oh, yeah. 100%. But I'm saying it wouldn't surprise me if somebody gets it to bobble up and down. Yeah, but then what are you going to do with the ramp exits? Uh, I have no idea. I'll let them worry about that. That's not my problem. (laughs) (laughs) There's ways to make the thing move. You're addicted. I'm sure of it. (laughs) But I am super stoked either way for whenever I do end up getting a Godzilla. I don't know how much it looks like a watermelon. I mean, I guess you could extrapolate, but mm-hmm. it kind of looks like old Godzilla suit. Right. <laughs> well, anyways, I think listeners on that note, it's that time. So good morning, good day, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> you can find us at face page at Flippin' and Mashing and email us at flippin' and mashing at gmail.com.
Yeah, let us know how much of an idiot Parnell is. Let him know <laughs> he needs to get rid of his games. Side with me, listeners. I'm gonna I'm gonna sell the P3 for a P3. <laughs> I'll sell my heist P3 for the new P3. No. Stop. <laughs> All right. All right. Good night. Goodbye. So you guys were seeing active updates and you guys were like seeing active updates of, so you guys were seeing updates and you guys were like seeing active updates of, uh, hold on. I'm getting feedback. I I can hear it. I don't know. Let me blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's better. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I'm recording. Are you ready to go? I ready, 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 ready to go. I'm already on like six white claws, man. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Play better.